everybody welcome to episode 101 of the bonehead podcast where we talk all things blood bowl Welcome back. I'm Ben, and I'm not actually joined by Blood Tithe Ben today. He's a bit under the weather, so he has been very, very appropriately and capably substituted by our 3D printing correspondent, Triple Pow, and our foreign correspondent, Miltonio Vanderas. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing great, thanks. Yourself? <laughs> yeah, not bad. I love how we've kind of managed to find correspondent-like tags for both of you. <laughs> Even though you're now just like T.O. Supremes, which is <laughs> T.O. Supremes and Discord Legends, I think is probably the best way to go. No, no, but, but BT is a bit under the weather. Um, he even came to club on Tuesday night wearing a mask, feeling sorry for himself. Um, bless his cottons, but no. So thank you both for, for jumping on trips. How are you doing today? All right? Yeah, no problem at all. All good. All good. We, we call you the 3D printing correspondent, and I feel like in hobby you're going to justify that by showing maybe a little bit of what you've been working on. I have a, a, a little bit of printed grey plastic as opposed to uh, <laughs> off-the-sprue grey plastic. That's what we were saying, is that we are all surrounded by grey plastic in one way or another, as is Milton. How are you doing today, Milton? I'm doing great, thanks. Yeah, still surrounded in grey plastic. Yeah, well, this is this is it. The art is gluing it to a base and then spraying it brown. So you're kind of surrounded by brown resin instead of you know grey plastic. It's it's one marginal level up, maybe. Yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the biggest step in my lazy boy painting scheme. Anyway, um, on episode one hundred and one, we are going to be doing a little bit of a sevens special. We have been cramming out sevens content throughout seven September. We did a very cool test stream, uh, which uh, Trips jumped on, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Because we've got South Coast October coming up in just four weeks as this podcast goes live, um, and uh, we're going to be streaming the event. So we did a test for that, but. We've been playing a load of Sevens because we've also been filming seven Super Series. We stole Milton from the Isle of Wight for a whole day to do some filming for that as well. So basically, we've been cramming in Sevens. And while we're still waiting for that team to be maybe released from Games Workshop, it seemed appropriate that we snuck it in now before everything got a little bit dodgy. Anyway, we'll be right back with Blood Bowl News. Okay, so Blood Bowl news. Before we go any further, I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody out there who supports the podcast in one way or another, where you view, you like, subscribe, um, talk to us, come join us in the Discord and share some great ideas, participate in Whip Wednesday, come to our tournament. So we're going to talk to, uh, we're going to talk through some of our tournaments coming up soon in just a second. Or whether you're one of the awesome people that sub, uh, subscribes to us on Patreon or YouTube members. Uh, a bunch of new people joining the crew this week so thank you very much lucky jedi samurai jack the face ripper which is a pretty elite name uh steve p a unicycling bear uh villa lucker evan mookie 
uh, Brian Nutter, Mason Kinsley, Barut Fun himself, uh, Hanoji and Chris Woodward. Thank you all very much for becoming Boneheads and supporting the show. It means that we can keep on doing what we do and hopefully get a little bit better at it um, as we go along. So now, Blood Bowl news. Guys, there's not a huge amount kicking around at the moment, is there? It's a little bit suspicious. Um, it's almost as if Games Workshop is loitering on the edge of doing a potentially big Blood Bowl release. Uh, there's a lot of rumours floating about, isn't there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit bored of waiting for the Amazons at this point. Uh, when's this pod coming out? This pod's coming out, what, Saturday the 24th? Yeah. Will we see the preview on Sunday the 25th? No. That's a no for Milton. Trips? Uh, I think it, there's a possibility because they seem to have uh, put out everything else they've talked about um, and it's just been regular articles for a while. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought this last week. I thought we were all caught up. Like, Votans have dropped. I was like, I think we're up to date with everything now. And then they were like, oh, no, we've got these, uh, these books and these models from 2004. <laughs> Like... I, I don't know. We've seen a lot of these. My cousins, uncles, brothers, sisters, nephew who works at Games Workshop once told me, don't tell anyone else, kind of rumor mill um, things about this Amazon release. And one of the ones I've seen that I really like is the, the thought that they're going to go in another box. Now, we had the t season two box drop, we had Dungeon Bowl drop last we year. We did, yeah. In the build up to Christmas. Is it possible that the Amazons are going to drop in a box for the build-up to Christmas well, for another game format? Well, you you oh oh like another that's interesting. Okay, what games what what formats have we got left? They've they've done well, sevens. They've done Dungeon Bowl. We, what we, what are you they've thinking? They've done sevens, but they've not done a sevens box, have they? So they've got you've got the rules in the Death Zone, and I don't, you've I... got the pitch separate. Got Death Ball. Death Bowl. Death Bowl would be really interesting, but then surely they'd have to include four teams. Mm. There's uh, Street Bowl, but I can't I can't see them ever doing Street Bowl because you can just use an 11s pitch. Um, Beach or, Bowl, no, not really. Or, or just another box. The, I mean, we get lots of boxes, don't we, for, for different game systems where they just have an expansion box it could yeah. just be yeah, trips keeps buying them yes. <laughs> well I, it was i think it was my prediction for the year that we'd get a new blood bowl starter box i'd have thought it'd be high elves and dwarfs um heaven forbid that we should get more than one team teased every six months mm. uh, games workshop do like their starter boxes pretty much every game's got rotating starter boxes or boxes for the various seasons you look at Underworlds has got them, Warcry's got them, Kill Team's got them, uh, even Necromunda's had them. Um, yeah, Lord of the Rings has had a couple now as well, hasn't Lord it? Lord of the Rings happened. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're getting near happy season for 40k book, um, starter boxes as well. But um, well, I think I just think done. there's there's some kind of delay and it's it's got stuck. Something's gone wrong. Yeah, um, I, I think that I think or they right. really are just waiting for you to go on holiday, Ben. <laughs> yeah it's definitely that <laughs> oh mate it's honestly we fly out on the friday lunchtime and i think we fly back friday lunchtime so if it's not announced this sunday but it's announced the following sunday then it is the perfect time to land 
as I land, which is going to be a, a couple of days quicker than we normally do because we normally get, you know, the box set a little bit early so we can do an unboxing and upset some people and, and that's quite cool. Um, I'm I'm going to take the laptop and the filming equipment on holiday just in case we get roster leaks and things like that, just in case. But given that we haven't had Blood Bowl news since I was last abroad, it's kind of like, come on. Let's let's do, yeah. This year, Blood Bowl news. We've had the Norse team was revealed in the middle of the night. We had the Amazon team revealed while I was in Italy. <laughs> it would be appropriate that Amazons were released when I'm in yeah. Gran Canaria or Tenerife. So, so I do going. think the important lesson there, Ben, is on behalf of the Blood Bowl community, you should go on holiday more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Tiff's angle as well definitely definitely our angle no brilliant um okie dokie now on that note uh we were talking about tournaments we do have south coast autumn coming up in the 22nd and 23rd of october so with south coast uh coming up in just four weeks from today as this podcast goes out how long have we got left for rosters uh, for the roster deadline milton that's an excellent question. I'm fully unprepared for that one. Uh, it is two weeks. So, so tomorrow, everybody... please. Everybody get it in now. <laughs> yeah, we've sold, I think, about 100 tickets uh, between the two days as it stands right now. So if you're planning on coming, it's Saturday 11s, Sunday 7s at the Aegeus Bowl in Southampton. Tickets are still available. I think we've only got maybe 15 slots left for Saturday 11s. Um, plenty of slots left on Sunday. I think we've got 40-something coaches for our sevens tournament which is wicked and um yes rosters because we've got so many players it were we want our rosters in two weeks before the tournament event so there's kind of two things on that first of all it gives us a chance to just make sure that everything is plain and open and fair you know we do make mistakes sometimes but the more time we get with the rosters the more chance we're going to catch mistakes and just be able to communicate and say actually you've, you've missed a skill you've added too many skills you're running three giants but shh, don't tell anybody that kind of stuff so if you have got your ticket then drop us in your roster within uh, as soon as you can would be lovely but kind of ties in with the amazons bit and this is why we're dropping this seg as a separate bit in the podcast feed and a separate video is because if amazons if the roster is not out if amazons are not released by roster cutoff point we can't have them at the tournament um because it won't it won't have enough time for us to go through the rosters and 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 check it out basically we've got that two weeks so that we can sort out any last minute issues or last minute like hey can i come I, you know or hey i've been abroad i've forgotten about the rosters basically you know we're keeping that two weeks before the tournament to get all the player packs sorted all the organization sorted without us having to literally stop our regular lives like milton has done an outrageous amount of work already you know and i mean trips will be there to support and, and get everything lined up but you know, we we do do this of our evenings and lunch breaks. So those that two weeks to process, uh, I mean, a hundred plus rosters, uh, we want them as early as possible. Now, to make that a little bit more of a fun segment, what we're going to do is we're going to have a bit of a prediction. Now, Milton, I know you've seen some rosters, not a huge amount. How many rosters have we got in so far? including six, both 16 11s and sorry six, yeah 16 11s and five six maybe now 
Mm, fantastic. Seven. Okay, so we're about twenty percent of the way there when it comes to rosters. Um, yeah. Now I I know what everyone's like. I'm the same. It's Blood Bowl tournament. We go. Oh, it's a month coming up. But I better actually buy my ticket and then get my roster in. So it's going to be a frantic like two to three weeks now, which is like a super exciting bit. Now what we're not going to do is reveal the rosters that have already been submitted. And with the bearing in mind that actually we've already got twenty percent in and Milton has seen them. I think 20% is still pretty fair. What we're going to do is we're going to have a bit of a prediction of basically the most popular roster on each of the days and the winning roster on each of the days. So we'll start with Saturday 11s and I'm going to go first, I think, on this one. Um, we saw a ton of green skins, right, in the last event. Was that right, guys? Yes. Yeah, so there was, yeah. um, I think there was like seven or eight goblin teams. There were six or seven black orc teams and then like five orc teams there's a lot of green skins i would and have quite a few snotling teams as well yeah represent i would have uh probably been propping amazons but unless they drop on the 25th that ain't gonna happen so well, even if they do are people gonna have time to buy build pay oh, get it I, I ready think, for the tournament i think i think the number would like it definitely increased because of the shiny new toy syndrome. Like uh, oh, maybe. maybe, but uh, I, I think um, I think the most popular team we're going to see this time around is going to be Norse. That's my bet. I think you've got kind of a release hangover with them. Uh, people have kind of figured them out now, and as Trips has absolutely proven, you can you can sneak some nice builds in there, maybe even with Griff. So I reckon Norse are going to be the most you know probably one of the most popular rosters for the 11s and the winning roster on the day is going to be a flashback surprise roster of underworld with hackflim that's my prediction that's my prediction trips what do you reckon for the saturday 11s uh so i i I'm going to base mine on the rule set. So I think the mascot in the rule set means that you'll find teams taking effectively a higher TV and, and squeezing more in. Um, and I think having that extra reroll really helps teams that really need that reroll. So I think frenzy teams are, are going to be very popular. I, I'm not going to go Norse because uh, uh, we've already had that one. So um, I think we'll also see another reasonably new team. I think we will see lots of corn um, on the day. I think we will see a real smattering of corn with big guy or corn with star. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what people have done with the teams. But I don't think a corn team will win it. I think on the day we will see a renegades team win it because I oh. think... A Renegades team skilled up with a few re-rolls and played well um, could really smash. And we've seen Renegades teams yeah. do really well, um, uh, but they they are a bit reliant on not having bad dice rolls for the first four turns of the first half. And you're right, having that extra re-roll on the roster is going to help. Uh, yeah, we saw Wayne take Beachhead 1 with uh, Renegades um when we had the fen beast which who knows may or may not come back to a tournament near you soon milton 11's predictions dude what do you got mm, yeah no it's an interesting one really i, I think your norse prediction's pretty good and uh yeah no the, the corn idea is actually not not too bad either do you know what though i actually think we're gonna see 
for, for the for the most, I think we're going to see Black Orcs again. A couple of reasons, I think. A, they're a, they're a pretty solid T2 team. B, they're in the starter set box, so most people kind of have them or have access to them. Have kind of like worked with the team a little bit. We've seen a lot of love for them in the in the painting channels and stuff. Um, and so they're a very popular team. I know we had a lot come to South Coast summer. I'm still expecting a lot of them to come to mm. come to Autumn as well. Uh, as for the winning team, well, Wayne's still not messaged me back. So <laughs> um, he said he's brewing no. up something special. So do, I, do I think what? he's doing something stupid this time around. I'm, I'm going to do a little shout out here. I'm going to say that Mr. Borak G, he got his roster in before I think the tickets went even out. To be honest, I mean, I, I'm going to give that man props. So ah, that's Graham. That's our that's our yeah. resident dwarf. He is a legend is, uh, of a dude. So uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 gonna root for him. Ah, fair enough, fair enough. Okie dokie, on to the sevens then. Um, you know, trips. You saying corn? I, I, I think corn in sevens underrated. I don't think that's who will win. I think it's gonna be elf nonsense. Um, I think high elves. I, I think I think someone's gonna bring a high elf roster to sevens and know how to use high elves. Uh, and I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win the format there. But the most popular one, uh it's sevens. You want a good mid-range team? Um, I mean, orcs maybe. Most no, Skaven. Skaven will be the most popular in sevens because Skaven are just amazing. Trips, sevens predictions. What do you reckon? It's sevens. I think most popular team for sevens, similar to. Um, the Blackhawk theory with Milton will be nobility, and I think nobility are a real pain in sevens because yeah. they come pre-built in with a load of annoyance skills, <laughs> and the thrower genuinely can throw in sevens. So um, we've seen, yeah. Uh, uh, may not be the best thrower in the game, but may have the ability to throw. So I think, well, I think we'll see a lot of nobility teams, and I think they you can get a nice skill package on the sevens. Um, but I think to, as a winning team, uh, and this is more just because I'd love to see it. I think we'll see a Norse sevens winning with a star Valkyrie taking the day. Oh, oh, I love it. That would be very, very, very cool. We kind of started to sponsor these teams, haven't we, Milton? <laughs> What's your call, man? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of Norse for sevens. I think for exactly the same reasons you said about the 11s. I think mm. Norse in sevens. Okay, so they've got a couple of things, right? So Norse in sevens, you've got reasonably decent movement. Now, there's one sort of downside, well, which, is yeah. the, the drunkard which is rule. The, the drunkard rule. Now... You don't have re-rolls or you have limited access to re-rolls in sevens. So I always feel that you're slightly less inclined to push for those rushes because you got nothing to fall back on. You know, you're playing you're oh, playing to the odds. I see. So you're thinking that that rule's not actually going to come into effect that often because people aren't going to be pushing their luck anyway. Yeah, exactly. And if you do have a re-roll, you're probably not saving it for that. You're probably saving it for the double skulls. So all the triple skulls, if you're snotlings. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I think we're going to see a lot of Norse. That the, the block is just brutal across the board. And um, yeah, they've got strength yeah, four pieces. They can take but, a Yeti. They can get those uh, 
those Valks with pass and catch in there. Actually, yeah, Norse are a, a pretty, pretty strong bet. I think they are, but I feel like a Skaven's going to take it. Come on, represent dodgy filth. That's the, that's the, that's the aim of the game. They'll die in droves, but they'll come out victorious. No, fantastic. All right, cool. Well, we've got our predictions in. This is just a reminder to say rosters within the next two weeks, please. Tournament within the next four weeks. In four weeks' time, as this podcast goes live, we will also be going live with live stream coverage but more about that in okay, a so minute we've got uh the saturday 11s and the sunday 7s at south coast in southampton uh in october and then we've got our next tournament now we're going to talk about this tournament a lot even though we are almost sold out and that is bonehead bowl and when i say almost sold out we've got six tickets left out of 50 so uh if you are planning on coming this is on saturday the 26th of november and it is mixed teams and dungeon bowl and ordinary teams three games of 11s it is going to be absolute madness there's definitely you can have star players you can have a giant you can have basically all the stuff it's just gonna i guarantee you are going to play a, a couple if not all three games and they're going to be very different to games you've ever played before we're going back to our roots with bonehead bowl and i i cannot wait and we've got all the coaches signed up and i'm looking i'm just super excited about this and um, we should be streaming from there as well, which will be really good. That will be blooming hard work uh, with two mixed teams facing off against each other. That's going to be I'm going to be I'm going to be unbearably excited on coverage for that one. <laughs> oh, but Bonehead is without a doubt the, the definition of the all the sweets in the uh, sweet shop tournament. It's have you ever wanted to think you can a bonehead? You can take a <laughs> a million different combinations. Um, I I fear for Milton's sanity while checking the rosters. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you've got a good roster builder for that one. Yeah, um, I'll get that up and out when uh, when the Aegis um, rosters close. I think yeah. um, gives me time to build it properly. I think the biggest problem, and we've seen some people uh, in the Discord already struggling with this, is uh, it's very easy to brew 30 rosters for Bonehead and then to decide that there's still more that you want to take. So um, good luck to all the coaches picking a roster. And remember, you do need to lock it down at least one Friday uh, <laughs> at painting time ahead of the roster deadline. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's so much fun and you will absolutely play at least two teams that you will probably never play again nah, it's just outrageous and that's actually happening at entoyment in pool which is just a phenomenally good venue like there's plenty of space it's well organized the shop is outrageous they will bring you tea and pizza if you use the qr code on the table and order it it's just absolutely awesome like you scan the table as your opponent's taking their turn and you order it and the next thing you know carl shuffling over with a cup of tea for you and it's just and it's just bliss like i love that place i miss that place i'm so gutted yeah. that you live next door trips <laughs> and it is it is terribly easy to pop in to career items to people at club i'm just so jazzed that like we're nearly sold out and we're over two months away that's 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 how much fun it's going to be i think 
which is um, which is really cool. Now, for more tournament action, do come and join our Discord. We've got a tournament subthread where people are advertising what events are going on. Um, we kind of talked about sharing them on the podcast, but actually it's much easier for you to jump in the Discord. So if you want to know what Blood Bowl is going on, um, then you can join our Discord and check out the, the tournament bit. And Milton, you added a special bit today, didn't you, called Whereabouts or something outrageously British? Yes, I think. I, well, I couldn't quite work over words. So someone suggested why don't there was a lot of conversation about you know where you are and, and people meeting up, and someone said why don't we have a channel for this? So got one called Whereabouts now, where yeah. you can go and chuck in where you're from if you want to. Don't have to. It's not a requirement. No, no, no. Um, and we've had so much response from that already. People going, oh yeah, I live really close. You know, we should have a game and that kind of stuff. Um, so if you do want to come and check it out, find if you're part of the international bonehead uh audience don't, then don't, you don't can... say massive i thought that was good <laughs> yeah. um yeah come and come and jump in and you might find some coaches local in your area or you know if you're new to the game and you're not quite sure you might find that there's some um, some local leagues or things in your area and there's some guys on the discord there's a lot of guys on the discord that run leagues um running oh, tournaments brilliant. and stuff which is really cool that is that really is nice brilliant like, come and say hello in the Discord. The guys are doing a great job uh, running it at the moment. So um, that's that's brilliant. So, yes, tournaments, tournaments, tournaments. Last thing we're going to touch on news. I know we've already kind of talked about Amazons, but we didn't have trips last week. So I figured I'd ask you what your thoughts are on Glottal Stop, the newest star player for uh, Lustrian Super League. Uh, so I think, I think it's a lovely miniature. Um, and I think... Uh, it painted really nicely. I think the paint job for the miniature when you first see it can have a big influence. Even gets me over the whole uh, running pose, which means less points of contact to the base, um, which uh, is not going to be too much of an issue with a big, big guy. Um, I, I think the the mini looks great. I really, we really want to know more about the rules. Yes, the first but, time they've dropped something like this without the actual special rule in there. To, yeah, to, not, to not really any any sort of trait uh, um, hints. We've got a little bit about the traits. Um, it's great to see uh, a star Croxagore coming in. Um, just want to see more now. Yeah, you know, looking at the article. It says they also appear in the upcoming Blood Bowl Spike Journal 15. Now, normally these articles, they say you can pre-order this really soon, don't they? But yeah. they didn't, yeah. which is worrying. Well, it's, it is, it's going to be a Forge World Mini, so um, uh, we all remember the Tree Man. Has that one been released yet? Yeah, on any given <laughs> so, Friday. Yeah, the Crocs Gore could be uh, your, your Christmas gifts for 2023, if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah get it to go with your starter box set uh which uh, which is pretty cool um right there's nothing going on on kickstarter that we haven't already touched on and i think that just about wraps it up for blood bowl news so over to games and hobby Okay, so games and hobby, what have you guys been up to? I know you've got some uh, some shiny bits to show off, Trips. Yeah, so I'll start with the hobby. So I, I finished painting uh, my OWA guys for the stream last weekend and was pleasantly surprised when I found them that I had almost finished painting them 
and I'd just forgotten about them so much because I'd put them away after my uh, long-standing annoyance with Brawler, <laughs> as a rule. <laughs> uh, so that was that was quite nice to finish them off and just about finish my High Elves for the Entoyment League. I've got my first game uh, this Wednesday coming up. So uh, Ooh, that's um, exciting. Seeing if I've got uh, any High Elves left at the end of that one. Um, and then I've been on a bit of a printing binge for the last uh, uh, 10 days and uh, massively spamming our group with with all sorts of comments. I have gone down the uh, kill team Necromunda oh, so uh, line really quickly. So these are tiles uh, for a board that I'm going to build. Um, I think you came up with a really good name today, Ben, so I am going to steal that. Um, and you've got to have a nice set of walls as well. <laughs> the um, the Space Hulk-looking bits you brought to club uh, were just absolutely so, 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 so cool. Oh, these ones. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, Mega Trip Megatripolis, did I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's so good. Like, the 3D printed stuff you've done is amazing. I love the layout of it. Um, now, talking of the layout of it, when I 3D printed the dungeon... That took a long time to like plan to make sure that it was going to fit all right because you got different sizes of stuff. Do you, how modular are you going to make this 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 version? So I think I'm going to go for for tiles that I've got pre-built sets on, but then make them that they can be linked up to each other in different ways. So it's pretty modular, like a foot square, um, or yeah, probably like a foot square. So it's it's you've got several different layouts you can you can do and i can always make more tiles then uh but I, what i don't want to do is get to the point where you go oh, i just want to set up for a quick game you're like it's just gonna be two hours to, to build it all the bits yeah. together and find the stairs and yeah no no no. that's the that's the thing that <laughs> as much as i absolutely loved um mg Pix's last kickstarter i was like i am not doing any of this clipping to gather stuff i was like nope this is just being glued on a three by two and and it's staying there forever in my shed where it still lies now on 3d printing milton i know you started um binge printing product a project how, how are you getting on with the printing yeah no um so the mud and blood pitch kickstarter which we have the uh full files for now mm. i have unfortunately stopped on that for a bit <laughs> I got a little cheesed off with my printer. Uh, um, that does happen. Fell into that trap. Um, but I, yeah, I desperately need to get back on that. I, I just haven't had the time at the moment. Um, um, I've been doing a few other bits and pieces, though. Ooh, what uh, have you got? Not Blood Bowl. I did my uh, Dead of Dunharrow for oh, uh, yes. Midlife. So that's a project that I've kind of had on the back burner for like two years. And I was just like, right. Before I'm allowed to buy anything else, I have to finish something else up. So, yeah, I cleared those up and then went out straight away and bought the king and the banners to finish that off. I've built and primed those, so they're one step closer to uh, to being done. And then I was like, oh, I've had enough of that, so I uh, I got out some of my Punga... Punga... Um, the Slam. Star Players. No, the oh, star no, the players. Star Players. Yeah, so because... You've got, and I can talk about this now because you've done the uh, intro videos for Super 7 Series. Yes, of course, so, yeah. Uh, the Caribou Carrion are my team. Yeah. Ben currently has them. 
They're my team I now. Wa- <laughs> I was running them in our local league. <laughs> and so <laughs> I don't have that team anymore to play with. Uh, what I've done is I've I've made the B team out of what I have like remaining. <laughs> so I had enough skeletons and zombies um, and ghouls to make up the rest of the team. But I didn't have any more whites. And so I grabbed my Punga um, scroll. And he's he's my my white, and I was like, oh, these these punga miniatures are just amazing, aren't they? Like the quality of them is so good, and yeah. like the sculpts are really nice. And I was like, I've got Frank Frankenstein, Gretchen, and uh, <laughs> Skrull, and I was like, right, I'm I'm gonna stick these on the uh, on the spray stick and get these primed, and I'm gonna start painting Skrull up because. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice to kind of have him looking smart with the rest of the team. Um, oh, your scheme was beautiful on the undead. It, they came out so nicely, and I think I hopefully it comes across in the videos, especially the the spinny videos for seven yeah, super no, series. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy with them. Cheers, cheers for that. They uh, yeah, they've come out nice. I really like that uh, that scheme, that particular like that red and black. I find that really yeah. It's, I, know, I find it quite easy to really to crisp. Paint. Yeah, really, um, really, really crisp. So, so I no, look those... forward to seeing the stars. Are you doing the same kit or are you going with a star oh, player yeah. kit? Yes, so that was the conversation we had, wasn't it? I wasn't quite sure whether to to tie them in with the team or whether to like make a separate star player kit. Now, I don't think I'm having any... Well, I say, never say never, eh? But I don't think I have any plans to buy a Necro team. I'm not really <laughs> sure there's enough difference. I've kind of... I, kind of, I know the Wolves... Etc. They kind of make a bit of extra speed in the team, but they make not a sure. good I... mix team for Bonehead Ball. Uh, they do, but um, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I'll ever I'll go. Even if I do, I'll probably do something different, and I doubt I'd be using those stars. So I think for these particular ones, they're going to stay in the same kit. I think that's in a good shout. In addition to that, I know what I'm doing with the paint job, so I'm not having to make something else up, getting frustrated and abandoning it. I can go into it and I can just go, right, I'm going to get this done. I know what I'm doing. Boom, there it is, and it fits with the rest of it. I feel like if I go down a different route, I'm just going to get slightly annoyed and abandon the project. So mm-hmm. I think the safe bet there is to uh, to, to go with that. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, like, miniatures and stuff, I think and that's, like, I'd say that 90% of my hobby has been tournament prep. <laughs> and the busiest and we weeks for it. yeah hugely but the busiest weeks are still to come i'm i'm picking up a laser jet printer on saturday uh, <laughs> so <clears throat> invested that's, that's that's a fair indication of where uh where, where my time is gets spent oh, um but yeah no so i mean in terms of tournament prep i mean yeah so doing pretty well. All the uh, score slips are done for both 11s and 7s. All the best team slips are done. Uh, almost done with the design of the cover sheets. And obviously all the rosters that are coming in and stuff, getting all that prepped up. So um, oh, it's going to be amazing. Such oh. a great bit of work. Oh, and the one other thing was I did in I did post in the Discord earlier. I know we've talked about it before on the podcast. So Bojack Norseman, my uh, my chaos chosen team mascot oh yeah uh, <laughs> who who may may have been the inspiration for the uh the mascot rules in in uh in the upcoming in tournament yep. um and i'm just really curious to see what other people bring like, well, this i think it's gonna be it's gonna be one of my favorite <laughs> things and like i'm 
no need to share, you know, if it kind of discloses your team, your roster, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, and you want to keep that all for the day, that's absolutely fine. Um, but I'm just really looking forward to seeing what people bring uh, and what they do for their mascots. I'm oh, expecting some, I know there are some crazy people that bits. go like really off the wall with their project, hobby projects, and they're amazing. And I just can't wait to see what they do. Yeah. And that's just a, that's a TO choice as well. So us as a group, we're going to have to go explore, look at all the mascots, then uh, then come to a consensus to give the, uh, the best mascot prize on both those days because that's just so much fun best team award is going to stay the best team award everyone's going to vote we're going to have a lunchtime display like we always do and uh, milton's done a great job getting the slips ready but the best mascot that one's on us so i'm um, i'm excited to wield yeah. some choice you've, you've got with to you impress guys. you've got uh, to impress it's going to be incredible uh, that's good four weeks guys four weeks i'm I'm super professor so yeah milton you've been prepping that i have been prepping seven super series for the most part so thanks to uh, milton for coming over and filming and trips for allowing me to book you in in a couple of weeks time for a couple more games um built the stands did some great oh, stuff with videos i've been having a really good creative period we have to talk about those stands those stands are fantastic it's so cool, right I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen if you've watched the super seven series like intro videos the background's now got like some stands on on ben's spinny plate he's made up the the pitch with the spinning plate in order to, to demo the teams these amazing stands and yeah it's so cool he's done such an excellent job on it uh, well i robbed two of those stands from trips uh and uh then printed some more and, and then printed the um uh the quidditch stands um as i think milton and ian warhanam hanham call them because they're, they're from quidditch and uh just to give like a bit of a backdrop but over time we are very much hoping to fill those stands with models from our patrons or discord members and, and stuff like that um i've did a little prototype of some some name plates that like basically on on boards so for our some of our patreon members and stuff like that we can print their username and print it out and paint it as a board and put it on the front paneling uh so that when we do the shots at the stadium whether it's in the bowler championship or when we film games you'll have like your name on a board there you have a model that's you've painted and sent to us or we've painted on your behalf in the stadium and we're just going to try and just build something that's going to be so big that it really upsets my wife i think is is probably where that's going and then we'll have to get a studio uh you know that's kind of trips i think i think a cunning strategy I think that's I think it's the way to go is to just build something that requires then its own own arena of space. Yeah, and uh we're gonna just keep adding and adding and adding to them. Um and yeah, we kind of snuck them in at one point in our, our seven stream of the weekend as well, because the because of one of our new cameras was able to just zoom in across the room and pick it up um and that was cool now I, we're going to talk about the seven stream we'll talk about that in the sevens bit um i think but that also was a big chunk of hobby but we do like to talk about games played here and i did get another league game in against john orc john who played an absolutely solid game i think he said it was like 12th match 12th blood bowl match um a pretty nice orc team some guard in there some block in there some blooming kick in there and tackle when you're running black orcs is a bit of a nuisance as well um but he just destroyed me in the first half uh, bomber helped with that bomber just won wand himself took himself out and knocked a couple of black orcs down around him it was a disaster um and some awesome positioning by 
the by John with the Orcs. Um, just going up against an Orc team is really tough for black for black Orcs. Like you do technically have the strength, but your your, your goblins are left so vulnerable because four of their guys are going toe to toe with four of yours, which means you've got two strength four pieces who are slower than anything on the opponent's team, uh, and then it's just kind of goblins. So really tough match. Uh, really like grindy first half. Um, and then I managed to swing a defensive touchdown in the in the second half. Um, I got kind of kind of lucky. The ball was central kick, um, and I think I think John failed to pick it up or, or double scold or something like that, which left me then a bunch of grab blocks in the center of the line to punch a hole. And then Grop Brady ran through with a couple of his friends, and and we just kind of fudged our way into a, a, a turn eight goblin touchdown for the one nil win, which it was a great game. And I have now come and for a brief moment i was number one in the league because obviously trying to get to that top four so that i can face blood tithe ben in the finals um and then uh and then byron took the lead back but i'm really chuffed to have come in a league of what 25 teams uh to 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 be like oh no i need to get my need to get my stuff in order with black orcs and then get back up uh into the top four so i'm absolutely over the moon with that and it wouldn't have happened without Trips being a proper berserker in the league, arriving late to take on Giants. And um, I can't remember if you defeated or drew with the Dark Elves last week. I defeated the Dark Elves last week who were in the playoffs before the game and, yeah. uh, and are no longer. And uh, then I had top of the league this week. So took on yeah. Byron with a pretty filthy underworld team. Trips, how was your game with Byron? Uh, it was it was tough. They are a really skilled up underworld team. I think he went through the the team last week. Yeah. They've got skills galore everywhere, and every player's got pretty much the skill you want to give them, and then probably another skill on top of that. They are. They are nasty to play against. Um, but there is an advantage of them being nasty to play against and an advantage of playing Norse in the league that um, I've consistently been two positionals down <laughs> every week. Uh, and so this was uh, game three uh, of three needing him to take inducements. And uh, as the rule is, if you can take Griff, you take Griff. <laughs> so for the third week in a row, I got to play with, Man with Griff, who, who really does... Uh, really fills that that gap nicely. I also took the dwarven runesmith. Oh, how did you find which, that? Which was really good. It stayed in the game till I think about turn fourteen, um, and I used it to give mighty blow to one of my players because uh, I was very much in a needing to clear yeah. clear the team. It was a, a really tough first half. Um, I received the ball and. Uh, was not getting anywhere very quickly, mainly because uh, Byron took a bomber. He's at the point now where he's getting enough money every game that yeah. he can take bomber for free, effectively. Um, and bomber was doing a really good job. Uh, I think the the highlight had to be when bomber threw a bomb that uh, was inaccurate, but then caught by a Skaven who threw it to himself who then threw it and took out three players on the bomb <laughs> landing. And it was like, oh, this is this is not good. Uh, so went into halftime, nil-nil. A um, big thing that happened at halftime is 
neither of his guard pieces came back um, and his guard troll basically spent most of the game out um, so I was able to uh, uh, really uh, get the numbers advantage in the second half uh, he, he had a gutter do gutter things and run away uh, and score but uh, was able to put enough pressure on to, to give me uh, I think three turns left to, to try and score um, and you've got three turns left and you want to try and score uh, you've got Frenzy and then you've got Griff following through so uh, Griff snuck through at the end to uh, get me a one or tie uh, he had an outside chance of a, uh, a one-turner, but needed needed a lot of chain pushes and then a lot of rolls to go his way. And um, yeah, a, a goblin couldn't do the blocking. Yeah, so that's beautiful, beautiful tie. I was watching at home. Um, I was watching the score. This is a beautiful thing about tour play. So number one, we've got Byron with Underworld. Number two, we've got me with the Black Mountain Buccaneers. I've worn, I've worn the black my, my Bucks shirt my Black Mountain Buccaneers t-shirt for the last couple of games and I've had a couple of wins in a run so I've, I've now found myself in like a I've got, I've got a superstition on the go then we've got Elven Union at three and then Blood Tithe with the Skaven at four now there's I think a couple of teams that can oust so that's the top four um top Fifth team is finished at 12 points. That's Greenskin Phil. He did wreck my team the other week. Uh, then we've got Undead Jack, who I played and drew. Jack has got one game left. I've got uh, all the top three teams, one game left to play next week to get more points. Ben's got three games spare because he's a mad lad and they're still in the top four. And uh, yeah, Jack has also got one game in hand um, and could with honestly a draw or a win barrel into the top four as well and then you trips even though you've only played four games you are only a couple of wins away from 13 points yeah. and, and and bouncing into the top four so if there's a way for you to get a couple of games in in a week then you could sneak into the playoffs uh, possibly, I, although I think the the chances are that Ben and I might be playing a, a game to uh, catch both up, and um, yeah, it's unlikely that either of us will uh, come out of that with a, a full squad, and we're both <laughs> definitely not coming out of it with three points. Oh, if you yeah, if you knock each other out of the playoffs, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> no that's wicked i love a bit of league and um milton i think you've uh, have you played any more league games since we last recorded nah not since we last recorded sadly you still got a couple to come though haven't you i do yeah i've got two more games to finish up our sevens league i was top of the table there's been a few more games played i'm now second so not Ooh, bad not bad not bad at not all bad. um yeah looking forward to my next games though if um if uh if i don't make it to the top four uh, I will do my best to stream the games uh, from club, um, either on YouTube or just to our local club, because actually uh, it's pretty cool. And I did pick up a second of the fancy cameras. So we're going to have a fancy overhead camera as well as a fancy side camera, which should abolish some of the color bits that we had some issues with. Um, so, yeah, very exciting times for Blood Bowl. Right. I think we've done hobby, guys. Anything particularly exciting that we've missed out? Not that I can think of. Nope. Fantastic. Let's talk sevens. Okay, so sevens. Sevens has been 
one of the most iconic and enjoyable things when it comes to Blood Bowl that's linked to the podcast, I think, for almost as long as the podcast has been going. We loved Sevens when we first played it. We then ran a tournament, which was Sewer Bowl Sevens. We then did one, two, three, now four series of Seven Super Series, and we've run a bunch of Sevens events. Sevens is unashamedly my favorite way to play Blood Bowl. I love Elevens in League. I love tournament play. I love Dungeon Bowl. But there is something about Sevens that just gives me that just the nonsense with an appropriate time level it makes me want to make more teams it, it it makes me want to try different rosters it's just the most addictive way to play blood bowl set blood bowl so what we thought we'd do is that actually now we've binged a bunch of games now we've experienced the full glory that is sevens in blood bowl 2020 from a tournament build point of view from a league point of view and from a ex escalation point of view with seven super series that we just go full what is sevens um and we're going to talk through a couple of the differences between sevens and regular blood bowl and then we're going to talk about why it is so good so first thing to mention is that it is a seven player variant in that there are seven players that you play blood bowl with uh i've lost my screen where's my screen gone Here's my screen. Here we go. So uh, you get seven players on a pitch instead of 11. You get a max team cap of 11 players. And on that sevens pitch, the pitch is very, very different. So instead of being 15 squares wide, it is 11 squares wide. And instead of being 26 squares long, it is 20 squares long. Okay. But the line of scrimmage is separated in sevens and this is probably the biggest element and probably the reason i love it quite so much there's no line of slaughter there's no line up and die element there's no immediate crack back this is you start with a no man's land of six squares between you and your opponent you can have one player in one of the two square wide zones three have to be on your line of scrimmage but there is six dead squares in the middle of no man's land that just means that that first turn isn't going to be a line up and die it is going you are opening the game with a choice of do i blitz now with a long play and then wait to get punched back or do i cage up and it just creates so many choices to play um but that is probably the key difference when it comes to the pitch because the way the lines are staggered you still have 13 squares from your starting point to the end zone so one turn touchdowns and things like that are still a massive stretch play although there is one slight tweak when it comes to the rules in that you can kick to the no man's land so you can kick into that middle zone if it goes out of bounds if it goes onto your half it is still a touchback but you can kick it in front of your opponent's line and hope that it lands in that no man's land right in front of your team it's not something we see quite so much because there was a bit of a rules change. I guess we should mention now, in standard Blood Bowl, you roll a D6 and a D8, and that's where the ball goes. It used to be different in sevens. It is now exactly the same. So that onside kick is a lot riskier, but it really does make the kick spell, kick spell, the kick skill even more important. So it's a smaller pitch. You've got less players. There's a cool neutral zone. There are less turns in a half. There's only six turns each. I feel like it should have been seven to kind of go with the theme, but actually, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. 
um and uh, the kickoff table is rightly kind of adjusted so you've got your you've got your pitch and then the kickoff table click 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 yeah we've got the death zone bit here and it's not quite in the same order that you'd expect it to be where's my kickoff table the kickoff event it is ever so slightly different but only in that i think literally the only change is um that instead of d3 plus three when stuff happens it's d3 plus one just to match up the thing so actually in the old version of sevens i think had a slightly different kickoff table didn't it yeah. yeah yeah this one is the same but instead of adding three to a dice when a random event happens you add plus one now there is a slightly different um press to nuffle i think but it, again it, it it all kind of just lines up and because it's all there in the death zone book you've got it all ready to go i don't know how i feel about prayers to nuffle but it's not far off standard blood bowl so i guess immediately out of the gate the pitch is smaller you can buy it from Games Workshop now, which is a massive boon because for years you had to make your own, get it printed or buy one of ours when we had our first print run. Our second print run of our Blood Bowl, of our Bonehead podcast, Blood Bowl 7's mats should be coming back in stock soon, uh, which is pretty cool. Or you can just go get the Games Workshop one. Um, so the pitches being different was probably a barrier. That is a barrier that is now gone. So yeah, that covers the pitch and the rule differences. Uh, Trips is going to run us through the changes or the differences when it comes to building a roster. Thanks, Ben. So the the biggest first difference is you're not starting with your traditional one million. Um, I think it's bronze. It's is it how it's now described in the uh, death oh, zone? But basically, it's yeah. it's six hundred k is 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 what you're starting with, um, and you're building your roster with that. The then second big difference that you get is you can only have naught to four non-lineman team in your team. And that is a massive change. When you look at nearly every roster, uh, there's always a fifth positional you want. Uh, in some ros in rosters, there's a fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. But you can literally only have naught to four positional players, and then the rest are in your lineman category. Um, so uh, that you'll be working out which positionals to squeeze in, uh, which linemen uh, to, uh, to add in and detail. Um, but for some teams, where and particularly teams where you've got very pricey positional players uh, that you can't get in, you will find yourself not being able to spend that 600 um, and players 9 and 10 are never going to see the pitch. Uh, on a sevens pitch <laughs> so there is an inducement change and the biggest inducement change is you can go for desperate measures for 50k each um, and a desperate measure is a random inducement um, but I think you could definitely build a team around the fact that you are looking for some desperate measures and there are some really good ones in there I love the wizard you can get a wizard it's the best it's the best. Well, actually, they're all they're all really good. They're really, uh, so my bit. My favourite one is the first one. You dope ah. the ability to give one of your players a strength up or an agility up for the duration of the game. Um, as long as you roll three plus at the end of every drive, you can turn one of your linemen into a positional, or you can turn one of your positionals 
into a almost star player <laughs> into griff which is what we saw on the live stream um yeah the, the desperate measures are kind of a halfway hat they, they kind of feel like a more accessible special plays deck um yeah. they're, they're still swingy you know some are great some are medium so they're always risky um now when it comes to buying inducements for a tournament or from an expansion league like seventh super league you you get 600k you can buy inducements and, and roster them um for league you may not always be able to swing a desperate measure but i know like trips has said actually once you've bought your four positionals you, you you might end up with a bit of cash and this is something that was a bit rubbish in the old sevens is that there was nothing fun to buy you could be left with like 90k and you're like i can't buy anything except more linemen and that's it well now actually if you find a way to fudge your roster to around you know to drop down to 50k under or 100k under you can take a desperate measure and it can absolutely it doesn't it won't overpower the game but it will add an element to it and it will add a fun element to your roster to make it something special which i think is just absolutely extra 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 value oh yeah definitely and and then the the big thing that we we haven't touched on with the roster build so far and and this is the bit that really turns sevens from being fast to being uber fast is a re-roll in sevens costs double the base amount of your re-roll so yeah. you've only got 600k your re-rolls are double re-rolls are pretty much the thing you do not roster in sevens there's <laughs> one or two builds where you'll get them in there um but you will not see re-rolls at all you'll see the leader skill used to get the re-roll in there but yeah, yeah uh ross sevens rosters build it without the re-roll live without it live by the dice those teams that can take positionals and a re-roll do have a nice little benefit there but you know you you give up a bench you give up the choice of having a, a spare player you give up that chance to have a, a desperate measure to have one re-roll for the half it is a really fun balancing point um and sevens has always been fun to be, build those rosters because you're not to four positionals so it means that that one team that you always see the same build of at an event there's you know every team has got one maybe two alternate rosters that are the roster right well in sevens as you'll know if you've watched any of our sevens videos there's a ton like every team's got four five brilliant fun versions of a roster that you can take and it's going to give your team a massively different feel so we've got 30 teams in blood bowl and if each of them has got an average of four rosters we've gone from 30 teams to four you know to 120 teams you know because you're running the which build are you running so you mentioned nobility well there's the ogre nobility you know ogre mix like ogre two blitzers and a thrower there's full combat which is actually no throwers no ogre but both the blitzers and two bodyguards to get you two wrestle pieces and do that and you can take a desperate measure because it's cheaper than the ogre there's just so many different things you can do and milton when you were building the undead one i know you kind of we kind of discussed the undead roster and you ended up going with the um now, what was the roster you went with with Undead in the end? Uh, two whites, two ghouls. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, two skeletons and a zombie. And that's the cool thing is that it gives you a different vibe to 11s because in 11s with an Undead team, you would probably never give up taking those mummies because you want them on the line of scrimmage to power things down. But in 7s, 
mm, you got a choice. I can have my strength five mighty blow pieces, but if I do that, I give up the chance to have my agility pieces. And it, it you know, you've got a two mummy, two white build versus a two white, two ghoul build, and they're going to play very differently. Very, yeah. Uh, definitely a tough choice as well, you know, because you think about sevens and speed, as we know, can be very advantageous in sevens, but I've definitely suffered from not having the strength. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really interesting mix. Really uh, interesting uh, mix. Uh, sevens is brilliant. Linemen do great. Blitzers do great. Skaven do great. Big guys do great. Everybody has a moment in sevens, and I think that's probably why it's such a good format. Um, any other rules or costing roster changes there, Trips, or do we give it to Milton to talk about league? I think, I think uh, yeah, that's the, the main things. And, the, yeah, the, I suppose the other thing is is when you're doing it, you do not think of an 11s roster for a sevens. Think of a sevens roster for sevens because uh, you're always going to be disappointed that way. <laughs> yeah, i think that's uh i think that's fair now we will talk about it later but it's a great way to get a taste of a team um sevens games i guess one thing i didn't mention is they take probably about 45 minutes your first game may take slightly longer some games are definitely going to take slightly less so i think this is again it's kind of like a match of magic the gathering or a game of sevens you're looking at 45 minutes, which makes it easy for an evening. A nice quick pickup team. If you want to try a team out or a couple of different teams out, one evening you can play a game with Norse, you can play a game with Amazon, you can play a game with Vampires and see which one you like. That's one evening. Actually, that's a really cool place to start. But they've changed up a few bits and actually have introduced a Sevens League variant as well. And Milton has been able to experience a bit of that on the island. Yeah, no. So, uh, yeah, we've been having our local sevens league which has been run by rob so far it's been really good fun uh there are some rules yeah that, that have changed that are really quite interesting in fact the one i'm going to start with is the injury table all right so there's a difference with the injury table in playing sevens and this this is obviously going to come into play in exhibition format but it's going to be slightly different so um in sevens you roll 2d6 that's it there's no further role if they're badly hurt to find out, you know, if they're casualty to find out what happens. It's just two to seven is stunned, eight to nine is KO'd, 10 is badly hurt, 11 is seriously hurt, and 12 is dead. That's it. <laughs> so when you when you got your, your broken armor, your guys can die on that 12 and they're out of there. <laughs> Once they're dead, you're really feeling it, trust me. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a that's a big change um, to to keep in mind when you're playing sevens. Um, there's a few other. There's a stunty one which is slightly different. Um, I think that just moves the seriously hurt and dead. Uh, no, sorry, it moves the badly hurt to nine to ten. Yeah, that um, that is only in effect for the league thing because uh, if you're playing a tournament or a resurrection um, escalation league like seven super series the long-standing injuries don't matter and the, the yeah. die rolls are still the same as the regular game. You're just skipping that D16 debacle that happens afterwards. And Milton, it's got to be brutal when someone double sixes you after breaking your armor or even with a foul. Oh, yeah. So I had, I lost one of my whites to a snotling um, <laughs> for that exact reason. He just rolled a 12 and that was it. My white, didn't he? I failed regen as well. Ugh insult to injury um, on that one yeah definitely so yeah i mean there's a, there's a few other changes the press and knuffle tables changed a little bit which you will 
likely encounter. It, it comes up more often than I always anticipate it coming up. But I think the biggest change is the way that the player advancement happens um, in terms of league play. So for player advancement in, in the seven leagues, you have two choices at the end of a game. So rather than having SPP for you, scoring or whatever, none of that. Not worried about that. There are two ways to determine um, how a player gets the skill. So at the end of the game, you pick, well, one player on your team will get a skill and there's two ways of it happening. So during the step three of the post-game sequence, a single player of your choice that played during this game and did not suffer an injury table result of 12 dead gains a randomly selected primary skill or during step three, a single randomly selected player that played during this game um, and did not suffer death um, gains a randomly selected secondary skill. So basically you get to choose a random player gets a chosen skill or a chosen player gets a random skill. Um, and, and actually, <laughs> I love this. And the reason I love this is it means that you don't get to pick you don't get in i mean you okay so you can kind of pick but what what you you only get one player to do that with and it can be any of the players and if you go for the player of your choice obviously you're thinking okay well player of my choice i'm probably going to choose one of my positionals skills going to be random so even then you're not guaranteed to get what you want and i've had some bizarre skills which i've utilized really well so I've had um, strip ball on a ghoul. I've had stand firm on a white. I've got fend on a ghoul now. And I've had sure hands. Actually, I think those are pretty lucky. Those are pretty good skills to have had. The uh, stand firm, I wasn't so sure about. But once I kind of had it and I was like, okay, how can I utilize this? And yeah, then I was thinking, yeah. right, okay, I can put him here. And I think it's a great way of kind of teaching rules you might not necessarily use. Because we tend to have habits, don't we? We like pick a team we like. We learn those rules. We learn what to go with. And we don't necessarily branch out into into others. And so, yeah, love all right, this All right, of... just because I run every team like Skaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely aimed at you. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm guilty of it too. But um, yeah, no, really cool. So, and and also you, you you it kind of evens the playing field as well. So you've got none of that like SPP. Yeah, the SPP hog, hog situation. Yeah, yeah, where somebody scored eight touchdowns and completely destroyed your team, and he's now got four star players. <laughs> um, you you both at the end of the match, no matter what the outcome, you're both getting a skill up, and you can kind of in some way orchestrate how that's going to play out which means that your next match, yeah, okay, maybe you've lost a player or something's happened, but you're kind of on an even peg in the sense that you, you, you both made that decision. And actually, I think the inducements, while there's a lim more limited pool in sevens, somehow bridged the gap better. I don't know if wow. that makes sense. Is it because you can't take star players and therefore you kind of have to take other stuff? Well, yeah, potentially that could be the reason. I'm, I, I've not actually kind of like given much thought to this before, but I mean, in the couple of games I played, like uh, one of the games I played was just against Necromantic. He had significantly more players than me. And so I got quite a lot in inducement. And I think I took, I think I had like 100, 100Ks quite a lot in seven. And I think I took two, 
I did. I took two of the um, what are they called? Desperate measures. Desperate measures. Yeah, and I got the stab one and the nice. foul one. Oh, <laughs> and of course it kind of it, it changes the way like even that just having stab on one player. It doesn't matter who the player is. You've suddenly got another skill on the field. Yeah, and having another skill on the field with such limited skill set definitely evens the playing field more. Imagine if that was plus one strength on a dodge blitzer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, massive. No, I I do like that. I, I like that a lot, and I'm glad to hear that the inducements in league help keep it. Um, more competitive, which is good. And I do also, I really do like the non-SPP route. Now, I love SPP in League, but teams advance at different rates. Like Milton says, there are some players and there are some teams that are explosive. And then they kind of peter out and there's those teams that take a year to brew up. You know, Nurgle, Chaos are a bit of slow brew. Blackhawks are a bit slow brew. Actually, when you've only got seven players if your opponent's got four or five players with skills and you've got one or two, you are going to get outplayed and it's going to be a little less fun. And sevens is about fast carnage. Like, well, I love that. So here's the next bit where this kind of comes even more into play. Yeah. So at the end of, uh, of uh, well, during step one, so this is before you've selected your skills. So this is only applying to the guys that have skills already. So when you when you finish the game during step one of the post game sequence, anyone that's not dead that has a skill, you have to roll for. You roll one d six, and if your roll is higher than the number of additional skills they have, so if they've only got one skill, you're looking for a two plus. Um, they're fine. They've stayed with your team. If you roll less than or equal to, um. They get promoted. They get higher. Well, yeah, they right? get they get promoted. But actually, do you know what? I'm just reading that now and wondering. That's right. If the role is, oh yeah, sorry, it is. It is equal to or lower than. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. Um, yeah, they get promoted and you lose them. And so, of course, you're thinking, well, you know, am I going to give another skill? Because if I give another skill, that might be great for the next game. But then I've now got a guy that's maybe worth like twenty thousand more, or if I know, it'd be thirty thousand more than his original cost and i'm he might just walk off and i've had that happen <laughs> <laughs> um and i can tell you <laughs> that's probably the most gut-wrenching thing to happen in sevens sevens is unforgiving for that reason but is absolutely fantastic for that reason as well so you've got this other element in it where you're thinking well i don't really want to skill my guys up too much because they might just leave they might get promoted. They might get, you know, hired by a professional team, which is a really cool way to play sevens in to the theme of like of blood bowl and professional sports. Like I, I think that's excellent. Now, whether it is a fair and sustainable thing, we're going to talk about in the next segment around about the best ways to play sevens. Um, but I mean, Milton, you that that hits the the theme and the vibe just bang on, right? hundred percent. So like, I mean, you know, your whole, your whole idea of sevens, your whole theme of sevens is that these are your guys, your rookies, they're learning the ropes They're, you know, they're trying their best to get picked up by the bigger teams. You know, they're trying to show themselves that they can play the game and they're not supposed to be these amazingly skilled, extra talented players. They're supposed to be, you know, 
your kind of underdogs and that's just it's brilliant <laughs> absolutely okay so that is the core of what is blood bowl sevens smaller teams smaller pitch shorter game the same if not more of that pure blood bowl vibe this is a shot of espresso for blood bowl it doesn't have a lot of the bloat that 11s has and some of that is good some of it is bad 11s is its own thing um it, it, it kind of is i would probably liken it to um a one-shot DD adventure rather than a long-term campaign right you you can just brew up a thing and if you want to run a league you can but there's less time investment but there's more variability so it is a narrative event when it comes to the league but the great thing about sevens is that it is a tighter rule set the pitch the choices and the rosters are actually way more packed when it comes to your ability to win so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break guys i'm going to go grab another cup of tea because it's been like an hour without one and i'm starting to uh starting to falter and uh, then we're going to talk through the best ways to play sevens because we got a few different ones for you and we're back so we've rightly sold you on sevens by now you would have seen a ton of it on the channel whether it's seven super series three which is live tomorrow or today if you're a patron and then we did our seven stream and there's historic sevens as well but within sevens there is a there is one thing that stays the same and that is basically it is a quick way to play blood bowl and within that you've got restricted team lists restricted gold amount and it kind of has that tight vibe to it where you do not remotely get everything that you want to get but it is blood bowl and in blood bowl there are tons of different angles that make the game so good one is the hobby aspect two is the story aspect your rpg elements and three is the match play competitive the choices you make on the game on, on the pitch and when it comes to sevens i think the ways to play are even more exacerbated because your player pool is small and I think that's what Milton was just kind of alluding to when it comes to league. Um, you know, some players get good quick and then they go away and you get that kind of this player builds up to be a star really quickly and, and, and they don't. And I think, you know, we can all probably agree that most players that start with a good skill set or start with a skill or have a skill, one skill makes them massively stand out in sevens. Whereas 11s, if you've got one guy with dodge, you're kind of like, eh, I got a guy with dodge. In sevens, you're like, this is my guy. This is my guy. He's the guy who's going to get strength four on the desperate measure and uh, ruffle stomp blood tithe Ben. <laughs> a, a, a little bit. So, I mean, we've been talking about league, so it makes sense to start out with the league. In old sevens, there was no league rules. There were no league rules. Now, in this edition, you've got the same TV. You've got incremental but random as heck skills. And then you've still got uh, permadeath. And you've got the chance of your players being bought away from your team. So this is a 
a uh, a high narrative, I would say roguelike way to play Blood Bowl 7s. I mean, Milton, you've been experiencing it. You know, what's the, the pros and cons of the Death Zone 7s league rules? Uh, well, I think there's still some confusion around some of the rules in there. I, I won't be able to list them off the top of my head. I know we've come across a few in there which need FAQing, but generally speaking, <laughs> it's a great little rule set. I'm really happy that Games Workshop have certified it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not as if they've even just done it as like a footnote. There's a fair chunk of info in here with a whole bunch of new like charts and, and ways of playing the game. Um, and the pitch. So, yeah, they've included the pitch. I feel like they could have gone a little bit further with it, as in maybe um, not in not in terms of the rules or anything like that, but maybe like fleshed it out because what you do have to do is flip back and forth between what's changed in the sevens rules and what's like actually in the main rule book and that can be a bit confusing because you're a bit like oh well hang on a minute is this different or is this the same um i think you know you kind of mentioned that with the the kickoff so that that change um from the old sort of rule set that we were playing through to the new because there's no mention of it in the new um the the, the cons I, it's hard to say really i i feel like like I said earlier, it can be pretty unforgiving. That um, would be the thing I would pick out. Um, yeah, we've all we've game all... one can be re really really bad, and therefore game two and three can be like oh, I really don't want to take my two players. To... And this is it. And when you're playing elevens, not only do you have another chart to roll on when it comes to permanent injury so double sixes doesn't just mean i lose my guy um and that immediate skill up doesn't just mean i might randomly lose my guy and and then be stuck with journeyman you know so 11s weathers that 11s is slower to brew up but even though it can feel catastrophic at times it's slower to drop remember you're only playing with seven players so i think the sevens league rules they're great in the way that you get those random skills every game. Your team is always developing, and that's absolutely what you want. The downside of the Death Zone 7 rules, and we're going to come to a, an alternative in a moment, is that you guys can just die in one game. Like Trip said, game one can just be, and you rolled two sixes, so now my Rat Ogre is dead, and I now have to wait four games to buy another one. Uh, the great thing about sevens, right? That's only, you know four hours um, of gameplay you know because you can binge those games like nothing else but the fact is i like the balancing factor of the amount of skills you put on a guy increases the chance that you lose them i think that that alone could be punishing because we've seen it in in we've seen it in, in blah blah leagues before like you know that guy's got four skills on him and he keeps rolling a five and i just got kick on my guy and after one game He's been bought. And it's that kind of randomness that I think was a big vulnerability of the last edition of Blood Bowl, specifically when it came to randomly getting plus one strength to a dude and randomly gaining no money after a game that just left that imbalance. So I think that the league rules for sevens do a great job of 
introducing players to the emotional rigmarole that is a Blood Bowl league. <laughs> I don't know if you guys would agree that. Yeah, I think I think so. And actually, do you know what? While, while you're sort of saying that, there's there's another element to this which I've kind of discovered. So I know we've played quite a lot of sort of like exhibition sevens. Yep. Um, effectively, I took what I feel is a sort of exhibition-y roster to a league, and and this is this is something I'm still trying to sort of wrap my head around in my mind. I. So, so far, we've seen the teams that took more than seven players that took a bench do better than those that only took seven. Now, when you're talking about an exhibition format, you're talking about a tight-knit resurrection team, and you're not so focused on the bench, particularly at the low money. Now... When you take the bench into account, obviously, you, you know, you're still limited to the four positionals, so your bench is going to be a lineman. But it all, also, it can really impact how you build that roster. So it might be that, you know, you can't afford that mummy because, or you choose not to take that mummy because the difference in cash is you taking a ghoul and spending it on a zombie mm-hmm. or in order to have that backup. And I've really struggled not having the extra pieces because if one guy does go down, you don't have that backup piece to kind of come in. And if he is out or he's out for the next game, you've got someone to fill in in the blank. Obviously, you know, you still take on journeyman like you would normally. But then you're also looking at, uh, you know, not having that on as a permanent piece. You know, if you go for the random skills and you end up randomizing onto a, a, yeah. a you go for the random choice and you end up randomizing onto a, a lineman, you know, you've got you've got all these extra considerations to think about. Um, and so, yeah, that can be challenging too. That can be challenging too. And I think still trying to learn and understand that element of it. Now, we tend to talk about sevens as a really great way to learn Blood Bowl like as a a really good gateway because the game takes you know an hour tops if you're learning and you know like we said 40 minutes if you know what you're doing so it's a really great way to get the basics there's only four positionals so the majority of the players on the pitch are going to have the same rules so it's going to be a lot a lot slicker a lot simpler and you don't fall into that opening trap um as a player starting the sevens league rules i feel like the sevens league rules might be a little off-putting to first-time players. I don't know what you yeah, guys think about that. I'd, I'd agree with that. I think sevens as a as a, a learning format is the best format I think I've seen. I've played with a few new players on sevens for the first time. It's quick. There's limited skills, limited players in it, and there's no line of slaughter, so you, you don't lose the kickoff roll and then go great i was really looking forward to playing with those three pieces and they're all in in the in the box or even if that happens in the first couple of turns and sevens you're like well it's it's okay in an hour's time we'll get to start it all over again exactly exactly but i think i think i mean i think it's the nature that 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 nature of sevens is almost flipped into reverse when you get into the league then because you you have one or two impacts at the end of the game uh, an opponent gets a, a good skill up or you lose a player it's so much a higher percentage of your team value and of your player base 
that it can be quite a lot more swinging. Yeah. Um, and I think, it, yeah, you you could literally have four positionals out after game one and you are playing uh, lineman bowl in game two. <laughs> so sevens as a game, brilliant. As a league from the death zone, it is high high variance high narrative it's going to give you the highs and lows of blood bowl with not a lot of effort which is awesome you can just roll the normal spp route when it comes to running a league and just use standard league routes that's fine too you can do that i think however the most common way to play blood bowl sevens is going to be in a tournament format because it is limited players limited time it does brewing beautifully to an exhibition match or constructed blood bowl where actually because like uh, trips you just said you know one player out of sevens is much bigger than one player out of elevens you know mathematically but also emotionally um and having those players unless i guess we should talk about constructed blood bowl but we're talking about an exhibition match where players resurrect at the end of each game and your team is reset to how it was at the beginning. You may have different skill packages. You may have incremental skill packages. What well, you know, There's lots of different things, but generally speaking, a tournament, you build a roster, you play a game, and the next game you play with the same roster with the same skills and the same guys. So if you trip up and fall down and you double six yourself a murder um actually it's fine like trips just said in 45 minutes when you rack up for the next game it doesn't matter anymore it's fine don't worry about it the downside of that league carryover is like and now that's going to carry over to the next game which is a big thing in 11s and it's that's more risk management in 11s and you've got more time and it's more of a I bury yourself in it in my team I, I think about my next game think about the league standings well tournament blood bowl is entirely about the situation on the pitch it's entirely about your decisions and what you go with and the gameplay and i think this is why i love it so much is because you take that worry that um that hangover and you ignore it okay this is great you can go and smash a load of beers on the pitch and you're going to wake up just fine for your next round now we've got a sevens event coming up which is going to be four games of sevens in one day and i think this is probably the best way to just play competitive blood bowl there's no star players the teams are smaller the skill packages are smaller it's a slicker simpler game that rewards risk but also consciousness of risk and the sevens tournament structure um i thought we'd just have a quick look at guys because i mean i know we've we've got this event coming up but this is kind of what most sevens events look like and you know you've got your you've got your team tiers and tier one team is going to be 600k with two primary skills on a player or on two players right one skill on two players so i mean trips you're a norse madman that's tier one <laughs> norse two primary skills you know what do you go with uh well you you're probably looking i mean for me with a frenzy team i think a, a guard piece is all of a sudden massively swingy in sevens because you're not going to get stacks of uh, strength five players unless someone's taken a corn team um, or the Blackhawks. Um, so I think a guard piece is really useful. Um, 
and leader is a very very handy skill <laughs> to sneak into a sevens package because uh, that reroll will help you when you double skull in turn one with your best player absolutely and it also means that each tier it juices up the tiers a bit so tier two for our event and i think quite a lot of events would be two primary skills and one secondary that you can just choose to put on a player so you build your roster and this is where milton was alluding to this so this is what you were saying milton about brewing up a league roster versus brewing up a tournament roster well one big thing about brewing up tournament rosters is that you know what skills you're going to start with so you can afford to not buy that re-roll and put leader on a guy or you know milton you ran the um the two ghoul two white um brew because it's a kind of a tournament build you know why would you go with that one in a tournament and in versus in league yeah so i feel like the this the speed from the ghouls um gives you an uh, gives you more flexibility against different types of teams so the mummies are quite static you know we've we've seen this in in, in, in the games we've played before um you know they don't have an awful lot of movement yes they sit on the line but the line isn't there yeah um and you've got that six six things so trying to get them engaged is quite difficult and and also would i want to give skills to the mummies probably not whereas i can kind of think about maybe you know like changing those ghouls although even the whites you know the whites have have access to that that being said, you know, I I was saving for a mummy in my league game because I the pace of the game has changed, you know, the 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 mentality around playing has changed. And I wanted to, if I could, get enough cash to to buy one in and just see how that kind of played out because I actually thought well, actually this would be quite a useful piece, even if I just had the one of them. Um so yeah, so for for the for the undead, um the ghouls, I'd probably look at sort of centering around making them sort of my guys as you sort of said earlier and giving them those skills in order to carry the ball probably sure hands because i can never pick the ball up you know one, one um, with sure hands one with block you know job done but it allows you to pick and choose and and what that does is it gives more player agency immediately and i don't know if you guys have got a dark history with with tcgs like magic the gathering and things but actually there is so much to be said about coming up with a cool roster idea uh, or a cool deck idea and be like oh i want to play this out i'm going to use these skills and then just being like mm, actually no that's not the best skill one thing that can be quite tough in league and one thing i do like about the randomness of the the sevens rules for league is that you try out different skills but when we played aos as an expansion league and i bought a unit and then i had to stick with that unit and the unit was garbage it was just a rubbish experience but the great thing about sevens if you're playing in an exhibition format you're only going to be playing it with a couple of games and you can do some test games and it takes 45 minutes to get a test game. So you run that roster, Milton, uh, you take two mummies instead of, you know, that roster. You can immediately go, this is too slow for what I want and how I want to play it. But you get that flexibility then to be like, I want to play a good team, a tier one team, but I only get two skills. I can flex down and take a tier two team and i get a little bit more agency to make it special to make it my own i can take two primaries and a secondary so i can take a chaos team who out of the box are not as good as undead or skaven but actually now i get a block minotaur with my double or i can use that double and put leader on somebody and i save 120k on my reroll cost or you go full mad lad 
take tier three two primary skills and two secondary skills well now that ogre team is looking pretty awesome because you got a leader on a punter there's your reroll. you got block on an ogre block on another ogre and then one primary skill to chuck on a nubbler like your team then builds up this like element of my choices and i think i love sevens tournament trips because it is your choices as opposed to the roles that your opponent made in the last two games and the roles that you made at the end of a game absolutely and i think and that's the that's the thing about sevens because of the way you play it is much more about how you play rather than did you get lucky or not with the dice because in sevens you are you are going to fail things half your turns are going to end with a turnover because you have failed something or another um and it almost every it just lives that lives, lives that way and it was really interesting at the beachhead sevens tournament it was it was a really casual <laughs> atmosphere um i think the other thing that sevens does as well and it is it goes back to your player base numbers as well the amount of fouling is dramatically reduced because the risk to losing a player is so much higher you will see fouling more as a thing because it needs to be done as opposed to a i've Might got as well. two players left and i haven't got anything else to do with them so i shall go and foul <laughs> yeah absolutely so this is the cool thing about about blood bowl you know you've got the depth and the narrative of league you've got the you know with some randomness in there you've got the you know rack them up start again element of a constructed tournament rule set which as a match play bench i would say our rule set is probably the a really great place to start so if you want to play a one-off evening of sevens or just play a pickup game then just be like oh yeah we'll use the, the the bonehead tier list because actually it works really well and it gives you enough to make your team interesting because this is the dangerous thing about doing all the sevens videos is that every flipping team has got like a couple of rosters that i'm like oh that actually would be a lot of fun and at tier two you know i was looking at a nurgle build you know and i'm like actually two pestigors two two you know bloaters with a, a desperate measure and actually at tier two that's three skills that's that's quite a lot of fun actually i i can as a challenge there there's there's fun to be had and there's 29 teams so it, it's like you can try different things and that's just a really cool thing to do as a one-off but there is one more way to play that i wanted to bring up and it is an expansion rule set which is what we're doing for seven super series and it's what we've always done for seven super series and um it is a halfway house between the blood bowl league and blood bowl constructed there's no spp there's also no casualties but like the blood bowl league rules one player gets a skill at the end of every game in seven super series we have it so that you can choose who gets a skill and you allow stacking and also it can be a primary or secondary depending on the tier so tier one game one and two is primary game three is a double game four and five is a primary because we have it in that set and you can stack them and and you know tier three goes double primary secondary primary secondary and it but what it does and you see we've seen this across you know seven super series one and now we're seeing it across seven super series three it builds up 
star players but it doesn't do it at a way where one team rampages ahead of another so it's got that my team's going to reset so it doesn't matter if i make this risky exciting play which i think cannot be underrated underestimated i milton when i took you back to the ferry yard that time we were talking about you know the benefits of exhibition blood bowl because you can you can go for stupid stuff you wouldn't normally do it's it's my favorite format that's for sure don't get me wrong i, I like the league but I I think I like theory crafting more than anything else. <laughs> and with League, you don't have so much control over that. And I know, like like Ian uh, said earlier about the guys in the Discord talking about the upcoming tournament and how they've already made like oh, 300 the, rosters. The, yeah. And that's, for me, that's like half the fun of it. And the, so, yeah, like I feel like there's so much sort of fun flexibility for you to do that and, and, so, and like you said sevens is such a great place to do that because you can brew up a roster you can play for 45 minutes go this is great or this is not what i thought it was going to be and move on and you can proxy in a team and try them and play them and it's such a great way to go um for doing it and and we've seen it before where you'll play with one side and you literally flip and you play with the other team you're like mm-hmm the team are better when I'm not coaching them. So why? what's the difference there? And what if I learn? And why are you playing my bash team as a dash team? All right, all right. Um, <laughs> but no, and I think that, that really does segue us off to some of the benefits and some of the, the most fun bits about, about sevens. And Trips, you've led me on to something that we've not talked about. Because there's hardly any re-rolls, because things always go wrong, it really, 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 and this is something that Rich and I talked about when we first tested it for the podcast, it really teaches you activation prioritization. And playing sevens will teach you about stacking your activations in the right order more than anything else will. And it will also teach you about positioning across the board um and about running lanes and how sometimes there are running lanes that you don't see but they are right flipping there with a single push but mostly that in sevens because you probably don't have rerolls you probably don't have very many skills you have to make sure that you do the stuff you need to do first of all um and that i think is one of the best things about sevens it's quick it's easy it's fun but it will teach you how to play better blood bowl i think 100 percent agree with that i think positioning if you want to learn how to position better sevens is the way to do it and if you want to learn how one or two pushes can make a big difference on how the game works play sevens because things will happen and you'll be like there is a lane there that I had not seen, mm-hmm. and there is a viable stretch play that is really only a three plus three plus, or if you BT, it's probably a five plus five <laughs> plus six plus, and, and he still thinks still work, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it it really is a great learning place for that. It sevens will teach you very quickly the wrong way to do things, <laughs> and it will also teach you very quickly the benefit of of thinking thinking a move ahead yeah and adapting to disaster 
um and you guys are going to see that when you uh watch summer seven super series how quickly a game can um can turn around with a couple of failed bits and bobs it's it's phenomenal and it's really exciting um so that is probably the last bit i wanted to touch on when it comes to sevens guys i know we we're going to talk about what teams are good and what teams are bad but actually i think it might be more fun to let people experiment and find their own one because i found that most teams you know in 11s most teams can beat other teams but there's more players there's more dice there's more time so it tends to even out a bit more in sevens that's all quite quick so any team can beat any team i think a little bit easier what i will do though uh is is ask you both what your favorite team to play in is sevens oh mm. that's fair because the dangerous Ooh, thing I... about sevens is it doesn't take long to get a game in so like trip no. said you can swap sides you can oh, do you want to play another game or do you want to swap sides like it'd be great to run the different team and try it out i'll tell you i'll tell you what i haven't actually played them so i can't say that they're my favorite team to play but the one that i've theory crafted a lot is <laughs> chaos chosen and i really want to get them on the pitch and play sevens with them i think they have an enormous amount of flexibility in terms of like if you're taking a tournament package in terms of like the skills you can get the horns on the beastman which are your linemen i think that's such a great skill to have in sevens um they've got reasonably decent movement and so yeah i think that's the one i want to try the most i don't know what my favorite that i've played so far is we had really um, we had chaos chosen in the first seven super series it was the two warrior and a minotaur build and it was tremendous fun it's probably not the most consistent build but it was excellent fun and because it was incremental skill build after a few games like the minotaur was just this absolute standout star player to be feared and it was just so dramatic i love the red skulls and conversely i am now very much enjoying the golden skulls but 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 trips what was what was your what would be your pick uh so i think my pick in old sevens was dark elves mm. uh because i think you could actually play a team of linemen dark elves in sevens and they were pretty oh, awesome because yeah. they could run bash and pass i think the passing changes has changed that a bit and and that definitely nerfed them a little bit in that. Um, I played with Corn at the weekend, and uh, I th I think a team of all frenzy in in sevens is both a living on the edge way of going, <laughs> but also potentially really good fun. I think it's 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 it'll make you think. It'll it'll yeah. Frenzy, you're always got to be thinking about where things are going. When your whole team's got frenzy, you you, you know it's going to go to pot about four blocks in. Um, but I really think they've got potential, and I think a corn team with just a little bit of skills aren't going to be fun to play against. I love corn in sevens. The seekers are just at the just all right it's going to go wrong as often as it's going to go right but each one of them feels really powerful now this will surprise none of you but in sevens my favorite team is any team with either a rat ogre or a minotaur because you're just trundling around throwing four to six die blocks and it just feels 
really strong. It just feels really potent, and you, it doesn't take a lot for a player to like in Blood Bowl 11s. That big guy is a barrier. I need to play around him. In sevens, that big guy is unique and special and terrifying. And I really love that. There's just this more like narrative gravitas I get a bit about every single positional. So uh, the Roger, uh, I don't know. I'd love, I, I love every team when it comes to sevens. Um, but any team with a Roger is terrifying. And I think... I, I cannot wait to get I'm gonna find an excuse to run some um some pact in sevens because that would just be some some of the builds are horrific. Um like it's gonna go wrong a lot, but when it goes right, it's gonna be absolute filth. But I just I just love it. I think it's so good. Um absolutely superb. So um that is everything about sevens there is one more thing i wanted to discuss before we wrap up for the show though and if you are out there and you didn't join us for our test live stream because obviously we're going to be doing our best to um, live stream south coast autumn um and we had a really successful test stream where we filmed and live broadcast three sevens games trips Ben and Rick joined to just farm out some sevens games and um, we wanted everybody to watch and give us some feedback to try and make it better and I just wanted to take a couple of minutes with the guys to just talk about how it went because I had I haven't had that much fun doing Blood Bowl stuff for a really long time and that's saying something it was great fun um I just so I'm, oh yeah I'm happy to start I mean I think I it was great sevens is always fun to play and i think sevens being commentated on uh, <laughs> and watching the shots afterwards it was just it was so much fun uh and i think i i, I played two games and and co-commentated on one and i think the the interaction co-commentating was really enjoyable um and uh, uh i'm sure ben you will be living on your tony romo moment for uh <laughs> the foreseeable future and going i think this is where ben's gonna go now and he literally moved his mini along the drawn line on the screen um yeah that was, a, was that was a highlight i'm not gonna lie that, yeah. that felt very cool <laughs> yeah but it, it looked good and it was it was great and it is it's a good good game to do that with that it's fast moving that it, it works well and yeah I, it was one of the few times so where I, i've done something uh where we've been filming it where i actually really just wanted to be watching it i didn't it was like i really want to watch rather than play it was such a cool moment i've got the picture of the stadium up in the background because that just happened on stream as well um I, I loved it. Uh, the, the gameplay was so exciting. Some of the stuff that was pulled out by the coaches was just ridiculous. Getting to talk to everyone in chat, as well as like just talking about the plays, it was just so much fun. And I'm so excited to um to 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 do that at tournaments. Um, but the purpose of bringing this up was if you want to see what sevens can be, just you got we got three games. And they're all brilliant. You, what, what the first all three games have got a true sevens moment in them. Um, 
uh, and it's not often that uh, yeah you're standing up and cheering for what your opponent has just done to you. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. I mean, Milton, we didn't get a chance to sneak you over into the country for that one, but um, I think you you had a chance to catch some of the replay for it. Oh, I was in the country, but I was insanely jealous of not being there. <laughs> it looked like a hell of a fun game. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I've I've watched the replay through, and it was just fantastic. I think you know, and some of like the comments and the feedback from the community have been absolutely amazing. You know, it it is obviously a it's been an interesting trial, and it's worked out wonderfully. The commentary was really good; like it was just great, just listening to that kind of place playthrough. I think you know, there's a lot of comments around how the double commentary oh, worked really that. well. That was really and good. All I can think in my head is uh, Bob and. <laughs> Um, now we we got some great feedback um which was awesome we also got some really great constructive feedback so if you haven't had a chance to let us know let us know by commenting on any of the videos or just come and tell us in the discord one of the well i think we've hit some of the biggest things on the head already uh one of them being the overhead camera was a different vibe than the side camera so we spent some money and got another side camera that's now going to be our overhead camera as well so hopefully the color should match and the video quality should be much better from the top down shot as well as the side on shot um the second bit that was flagged up was that the dice tray was too big so therefore wasn't zoomed in enough so literally the day of the tournament i printed a smaller dice tray so that's outside so that's like it's a six by four one now which is basically half the size so we'll be able to zoom in closer on that uh oh we've got some telestration going on behind us um and uh what was the other what was oh the the players not being the players themselves we we did such a, a good job of basing all the teams with grass <laughs> that they looked great from the side on shots as you can see there but there was a little bit of from particularly from the overhead shot struggling to work the teams out in detail so um uh, uh ben's uh wonderfully over and under engineered a solution where we'll be looking at effectively uh like a skill ring for for each team which will enable us to use the skill ring still and, and nameplates but each team will effectively have a color so yeah uh, you'll you'll be able to see pretty easily where the players are and what's going on and um, oh. uh, hopefully that's going to work really well yeah, the red versus blue team. Uh, they're basically clip-ons that go around skill rings or bases. Because the great thing is, and this is it, like this is going to be for tournaments. I think now we might end up doing more live stream games because it was a lot of fun when we can, obviously. But um, it's for tournaments and people who come to tournaments, you know, we've got like two different days so we must have about 70 different coaches coming to SCA alone and with another 40 plus coming to, to Donut Bowl. That's a whole bunch of different ways to base and paint your models so even though there's a high likelihood you'll be able to tell what team is what actually regardless of how people have based them we should be able to at least colorize one of the teams to make it easier for you know commentary or you guys just jumping into a game um to kind of see um i had a wonderful time i love playing with tech but i've really enjoyed playing with cameras and i think it was some of the most fun blood ball we've played in a long time um except probably for some of the carnage that that is going to come out in the seven super series show so actually if you like watching blood ball this is a pretty good period of time i reckon and it is that nice length of game to watch i mean it's a quick game to play but yeah it's a 
you set aside 45 minutes, uh, uh, watch watch a game of uh, Blood Bowl 7s, play spot which rule we got wrong or <laughs> missed or detail. Uh, it's just part of, uh, part of the game. But yeah, do give us some feedback on how it went, anything that, that could be better going forward. Yeah. Um, we're considering uh, where we were uh, 10 days ago and all the work you put into it, Ben, uh, amazing job and uh, yeah we just thank everyone who joined us on the day because it was brilliant it it's it does make a big difference when you've got a real active chat and talking about it and we had a couple of guys at club last night just yeah, uh, that was great like saying oh, i'll watch the stream and I, I had to go out and i came back and watched it again and it was it was great it's like that's that's what it's all about really uh it'll be good to probably do a bit of a test with an 11s game or something like that um but I mean, it's the same thing. It's just 11s is a bit slower, I guess, a bit of a slower pace. Um, and it was awesome. But yeah, I mean, just wanted to sort of flag out. We've been we doing these trials and I'm I'm really chuffed with that when it was a really great time. And over the last month, you know, we've got so much sevens. Like, got to play a bunch of games of Milton. We got to view these games. It's just so much fun at the moment. Um, and Amazons haven't even landed yet. So... Blood Bowl, I think, is is our golden golden period. Anyway, guys, thank you ever so much for joining me to talk through Blood Bowl nonsense tonight. Appreciate hanging out and chatting with you as always. Um, but we should probably wrap up now so that Trips can go and put up another print on. Um, <laughs> because at some point, I think uh, I'd love to get a, a Necromunda game or something on the channel as well, because that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, anyway guys thank you very much for joining us and everybody out there thank you very much for joining us and hanging out with us and talking Blood Bowl we're going to disappear thank you very much for watching we'll be back soon with more Blood Bowl content happy blocking <laughs>